Welcome to A Little Forward, a podcast by Freeform. I'm April Quio. And I'm Jenny Yang, and we're your hosts. Before we get into this week's episode, we have to share that this is our season finale, April. Jenny, we did it. We made an entire podcast. Uh, a whole ass podcast. A whole ass podcast. I'm so proud of us. Honestly, we've had a lot of really incredible conversations. We've met some really cool people. Learned a lot. Learned a lot and just have had fun creating this space with you all. So thank you all for listening and rocking with us and and seeing us through. And if you want to know what's going to happen next in the A Little Forward universe, simply stay subscribed and just just wait on it. And if you love the show, again, tweet about it. That's how people will hear about it. Yes. And spread the word. So this is our last episode for the season we are absolutely in our feels but we're going to put that on pause for a second and talk about our episode so this week we're talking all about the experience of being the only one and i feel like everyone has had that experience like being the only person of color at your job or being the only woman at your job or being the only black person at a john mulaney show which i've had that experience um, so we're going to talk all about what it feels like to be the only one and get into even more. Speaking of more, our guest today is actually Stephen Conrad Moore. Nice transition. <laughs> Hell yes. What are we doing? Is this radio? Is this podcast? Wow. I don't know. Wow. The genius jumped out. <laughs> you Continue. May- <laughs> you may remember that he was briefly on last week's episode talking about LGBTQ plus families on TV. And we loved him so much. We just had to have him back this week for a full on interview. Stephen plays the fashion boss, Oliver Grayson, on The Bold Type. In this week's interview, we spoke to him about his experience coming up in the overwhelmingly white entertainment industry. And of course, we talk all things Oliver. I'm so sad that I missed meeting him because I am obsessed with Oliver, but I cannot wait to hear this conversation that you had with him, Jenny. Yeah, it was super fun, and he's like the sweetest. After the Stephen Conrad Moore interview, we'll hear some advice from our personal life coach, Matt Belisai. Honestly, I'm going to miss that segment the most. But Jenny, we're not at the end yet. Let's let's get into it. Let's savor our final episode, and let's kick things off with our struggle of the week. As you know, this week we're talking all about the experience of being the only one. So, Jenny, tell me, what is your struggle about being the only one? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> when I started out doing stand-up comedy... It was all about being in these like open mic, weird cafe and bar setups. Okay. (laughs) And I literally was almost always the only either woman or even woman of color, much less like only like Asian American woman. Mm -mm. And so, you know, when you go there, you're just like a newbie. You're like you suck at stand up. So you're just trying anything. And it's I literally was just in there and it was just so alienating because it was a group of like just. I don't know, 22 year old white dudes who like aren't paying attention, like looking at their notebooks and everyone going up is like doing weird variations on the theme of like a masturbation or weed joke. Yes. And I'm just like, OK, well, I can't connect with any of you. Absolutely not. And so like I really do feel like if I didn't decide to create my own space, I would not have kept going like yes. that. That feeling of just being in that place where I probably wasn't able to connect with other people, even just as like, quote unquote, colleagues. Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, why would I be here? This feels awful. Exactly. I think that's what people like, especially white guys in the comedy scene don't get is like the experience of being a person of color is that 
you are uncomfortable. Like I feel like a lot. I have conversations with white guys, and I realize that they don't have that experience of feeling like they don't belong somewhere. Whereas I feel like I have that all the time. So I can only imagine like in those spaces where you walk in and everyone's like wearing the same supreme shirt, and you're like, oh my god, (laughs) (laughs) like what am I supposed to do with this? They're making classic rock references that I do not get. My parents did not listen to classic rock. Yeah, the other day someone expressed like a really strong opinion about Oasis, and I was like, what? (laughs) Like I couldn't tell you what that would even sound like we cannot share in this passion do you ever still feel like in stand-up spaces that sort of like only one feeling or have you figured out a way to curate so that you don't even have to like be in those spaces honestly i've had to just like compartmentalize sometimes Mm. and like numb myself to the feeling yeah in order to just keep moving yeah you know that's real yeah i feel like for me i've had the experience of like being the only one, like the only person of color or the only like usually only black woman at work quite often. I don't have that currently, which I'm like so grateful for. Yeah. But in the past when I've had that, it's been this like burden. I mean, a lot of people have been able to like speak to this in the past, this burden of being like the black spokesperson and like people will go to you being like, is this joke offensive like to black people? And I'm like, well, here's a black people. That's me, (laughs) one black person. And it's sort of like it's a it's a real burden. And then also like if you make like if you're a creative and you make stuff that will go out into the world, sometimes there's this pressure of like if something problematic gets out there and it has my name on it, then people are going to think that I like didn't fight for it. Like I didn't fight for it not to be like offensive in some way or just like ignorant in some way. And the reality is like, usually you don't have that much power and things just are over your head and you can't do anything about it. But like it has created so much stress for so many other creative people I know where they're just like, I will have my name scrubbed from things because I don't want to be on Twitter and people will be like, how did you let X and Y happen on this show or whatever? And it can be so much stress. Like I've been lucky in that in the past I've had this attitude of just like whatever I gotta say something and like usually people have been pretty receptive to it but like you know as a like 21 year old starting out like going up to my big boss and being like hi this is racist <laughs> like that's really stressful you know yeah. what I mean it's just like it's a lot of pressure on a person to like make sure that you're not putting something out into the world that's gonna make it harder for other people when you just wanna like make your art, man. Like I'm not a doctor. I'm I know. trying to chill. Like I feel like if I'm the first something, that means that no one else has been given the opportunity to do that. And that's not something to brag about. That's like kind of shameful. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't I'm not trying to be the first anything. I don't need to be the only anything. Like if I'm ever extremely successful, the whole squad comes. Yes. That's how I feel. You know what I mean? I don't need to be like at the top by myself. That sounds really sad. That sounds like the movie uh, glitter or the Britney Spears music video uh, for what is she doing? What's the one where she's like, I'm on lucky. <laughs> I had a second to remember. It sounds like the lucky music video, and I'm not down. Your face fully like changed into Britney Spears. <laughs> I'm a Britney when you stan. Did that. We could get into that at a later time. <laughs> I really love Britney Spears a lot. Um. Anyway, yeah. That this has been cathartic, by the way, to be able to just like both know that we've both had this experience yes. and being able to chat about it because it can be still like tough you just get in so you get in your head and you like gaslight yourself and it just can be really hard to be the only one so i'm glad we get to talk about it and yes. we get to get into it even more in the rest of the episode let's but do it let's do it let's go so before we get into Jenny's interview with Stephen Conrad Moore, it's that time yet again. Our little segment where we hear from one of our freeform faves about their character's biggest struggle. 
So this week, we hear from Sierra Ramirez, who plays Mariana on Freeform's Good Trouble, which you know we stand. Her character is pretty familiar with what it's like to be the only one. So let's hear from her. Hi, my name is Sierra Ramirez. I play Mariana on Good Trouble. And I think that my character's biggest struggle would have to be navigating her way through a man's world. She works in tech, and it's a very big boys club. (laughs) So making her voice known, making her place known at work, and really finding her place in that place of work is a big struggle. And so, yeah, she's kind of finding her her way and, and fighting the patriarchy which is really, really fun and fulfilling, I have to add. But um, she, she definitely is leaving her mark, for sure. Thank you for taking the time to share that, Sierra. If you're listening to this and you're not already obsessed with Good Trouble, what is wrong with you? Make sure to check the show out on Freeform and thank us later. And now, time for this week's interview. Stephen Conrad Moore is our guest today. Stephen, thank you so much for being here. This is our inaugural season. Yay! Of the first Freeform podcast ever, and you are a Freeform star. Wow, I feel so presidential. (laughs) (laughs) Inaugural. We're going to inaugurate you. come on. Yeah. I want to know a little bit before we get to Oliver, like what, in your career, what have been the key moments that have really brought you to this role? It's always been a mission to bring more of myself to the role um, and it's always been a mission um, if, when I first got like interested in acting I just wanted to like go out and perform and like be noticed and be seen and like have fun and all that and then as I started like actually getting more grounded and doing therapy and all that like yes, I just started therapy. saying you know what like this is like my life's work like I want to be the representation that I did not get to see growing up yeah. and I know we say representation matters and it's become a hashtag but like really it's so important like growing up I did not see myself um Visually, I saw Holly Berry and I saw Denzel Washington and I didn't look like them. I didn't see people who looked like me and looked like the kids that I knew growing up. When I was growing up, it was the Shamar Moores, the Albie Shores, the people Mm -hmm. with the wavy hair who were mixed with something and you didn't get to see us. And so, you know, every underrepresented group has their struggle for sure. But for me, um, I didn't realize how, how oppressive that was to... To think that in order to belong, you have to do something different. You have to change a part of yourself. I mean, that's just as a black person, not even getting into the whole gay part. Was there a moment um, when you were growing up that you had this realization or was this more recent that that this is oppressive, that, you know, it's limiting to aspire to this sort of more white Eurocentric ideal? I don't think I ever, I, I didn't, I definitely didn't have the vocabulary to, you know, um, probably until uh, maybe my college years that I became more, um, <laughs> it was like, I walked across my high school graduation stage yeah, and it was like, I stepped into a whole new world. Like I would hit, a, I hit a pitfall where I was like, I hit a rock bottom because I came into my sexuality and my whole world, like, you know. It was, it was, that's a whole nother thing. Like, you know, I'm a son of a pastor. My parents are you Jamaican. Are. Yes. My parents are Jamaican. <gasps> pastor's kid. Pastor's kid. I'm the Steven. baby. And what city was this? I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, Kansas City, yeah. Missouri. I grew up, that's where I grew up, but I was born in Illinois. But yeah. my dad's a pastor, so he moved, they moved around. Yeah. And by the time they got to me, we were raised in Kansas City. But the acting out, though, I didn't, I think that 
it maybe in therapy I'll probably realize like maybe I was probably acting out in food and TV and other stuff. Yes. But when I got to college, um, I started drinking a lot. Mm. Like when I started coming into my sexuality, and I was just really going around like looking for a lot of validation, looking for um, a place. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now looking back, that was definitely like a form of like, you know, not just drinking, but I mean, you know, smoking weed and all that other stuff. Like I was I was out, you know, <laughs> looking for company, you know. Yes. I was like, welcome to the jungle. Hell, if I'm going to hell, then let's go ahead and do all this. Like that was the, yeah. the mentality. Um, and then I think there was a phase where I started kind of getting settled into my quote unquote gayness. And yes. that, um, I think I was kind of a bit of a, mean person um to some of my co-workers <laughs> like i was really flippant and like be author to the 10th degree like everything was super sarcastic be arthur and, uh one of my favorite who, golden girls come on i mean she is goals and i love i will <laughs> listen i i love be author she will never get old but i think i took her up to like i was like um What's the word like the other verse of of the other universe of, of like the dark version the dark of version of her? It was just yes. like you would say hello. I'd be like, well, what do you mean hello? You know, <laughs> well hello is. I feel like we not. get a little shade. <laughs> we got a little shade of that with Oliver at first. Just a shade. I feel like in the character. Yeah, I mean, I think in a stern, lot of stern, just stern. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you do get. I think in inside of a lot of, you know, queer men there can be, you know, just that yes, sarcastic kind of like, you know, witty person You don't like, see you know, this, but yeah, but I'm, Stephen is I'm uh, puffing, puffing yes. and undulating the chest. Yes, and my hands are thrown back kind of like an African <laughs> dance kind of thing, you know, I'm just like feeling it. Um, and just to catch people up real quick, Oliver in particular is the head of of editorial for fashion and um is the boss of Sutton and uh, and uh, is a mentor slash friend guidance person. Yeah, yeah. He he started out as a mentor, and actually, um, you know, the dynamics kind of shifted. Um, I mean, you get to kind of see that in season two, but you definitely get to see that in season three. She's um, she's got it together, and, and, and unexpectedly, you know, she comes in and just like has some really good like words of wisdom uh, when he's not necessarily looking for it um, and has become kind of like an unconventional buddy slash friend. He's still her boss. Of course. Um, but yeah, that relationship, you know, there was already like a trust of like, I can leave the office for the day and I can trust you to handle business here. Yes. But now there's becoming a bit more of a trust of like, you actually have my back. I have your back for sure because I'm the yeah. older person. I'm your mentor. Right. But I actually am now starting to see like she actually has my back and she might actually be able to carry it a little bit. So. I actually really love that because sometimes we see these sort of nightmare, you know, sort of boss and employee scenarios a lot portrayed in media. Mm -hmm. And I like that that it is much more complicated, that in fact, sometimes the power dy dynamics can be more nuanced, right? Yeah. And um, it, it's, what are your favorite parts about uh, playing Oliver? My favorite parts about playing Oliver, to borrow from RuPaul, is I get to I get to um, paint with all the the colors in the Crayola box. You know, I get or maybe if not all of them, I get to paint with a lot more colors than I have been allowed to with previous roles. Yeah, and I get to just bring more of myself to him. You know, like yeah. it's not like I have to study a whole lot. You know, to like jump into him. Like he is definitely a facet of me. Mm -hmm. Um. 
so it, it it's just pleasurable like i get to like if i'm having a good day a bad day i get to just kind of just bring all of that to yeah. the role it's beautiful that you feel like you could have that now and so it sounds like there might have been some lows perhaps in the past in sort of issues of representation or playing certain roles uh on in your career what were some of those moments for you um i'm like where do i begin i wouldn't necessarily call them lows but i would definitely say you know basically i heard billy porter say you know hey we used to be it's drugs and thugs like that those are the roles that they're looking for us to play as black folks and so sure i can access a part of that but that's not who i am and it's not all of who i am and you know who i actually am i want to bring that to my characters um I think part of the low as an actor, hmm, I, in grad school, even before grad school, I had heavily contemplated how much to reveal of my actual self. Yeah. Like, as a person, like, do I do I come out? Like, I've never, when I came into my sexuality, everybody knew it was never a question. There was no going back. But professionally, there was always that question of being pigeon held and you know it's still to be determined i'm grateful to be employed right now and hopefully i'll get a spinoff as oliver and that's Sutton, right you know I'm hello for that. come on let's do it you know <laughs> and and i hope that for all the black for all the out actors yeah period like i hope that they continue to get to work i hope that there's more work for right. us um but that that's that's to be seen. And so like part of the low is like feeling like, is this all that I'm going to be cast as? Is this all that people are going to be able to see me as? Right. Um, and it's something that straight people do not have to worry about. Everyone does. Every actor worries about being typecast, but not every actor has to worry about being typecast for their sexuality and who they authentically are in right. a way like it, it's that's like another form of oppression. for yeah. Sure. Um, so that's part of the lows that have gotten better yeah. over time um, and it's, are still to be determined. But I want to embrace more that we just need more full-fledged representation yeah. of our lives. And what about you? Did you ever see representation like this when you were coming up? Yeah, I, I don't remember the first time. Um, I think the closest was Noah's Ark. Um, and it's been a moment since I watched it. But to me, it was like, a more realistic um, Golden Girls, but uh -huh. all black gay men. Okay. And so you got to see, you know, your Blanche, your Dorothy, your Rose, your Sophia, and like those types of personalities, like, but in, on a black gay culture. You got to see, you know, your studious uh, professor. You got to see um, maybe someone who's a little bit more... Um, quote unquote effeminate you got yeah. to see somebody who was effeminate and masculine and who was like the pretty boy mm. um, you just got to see like more of a spectrum and I personally could relate to some of them all of them I mean like that format like of the Golden Girls has been transferred into Sex and the City yeah. probably has been transferred in our show as well you know mm -hmm. like where you have um, elements of the human psyche that are split into different characters and yeah. so that was our version of it but yeah, I'm still honestly like waiting to see um, myself on TV. Like I'm seeing more snippets of it. But yeah, Oliver, you yourself. I mean, totally, are literally on literally TV. Literally on TV. <laughs> yeah, which is beautiful. It is like you know. I think I'm a humble person, but I'm actually kind of proud. Like you know, to to turn on the TV and be like that. Yeah, like that's the representation that I would have wanted to have seen, you know, like someone who is just and I and I do get people who come up to me uh who are on the spectrum 
and who are of color who are grateful that you know this is a different slither of representation that you don't get to see yeah yeah i watch a lot of tv and i have not i have not seen an oliver yeah well, Stephen Conrad Moore, it's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah. I want to know uh, and let folks know too. Uh, where can we find you online, and how can we support you? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, um, Stephen with the PH, like Stephen King, Conrad C O N as in Nancy, R A D as in David Moore, like Mary Tyler Moore, Stephen Conrad Moore. That's uh, my Instagram, or you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Conrad NY. I love it. Yeah. It was such a pleasure talking with Stephen. Now, we all know how important it is to be able to see yourself in film and television. Now it's time to check in with Matt for this week's question on navigating being the only one. Hey, this is Matt Belisai, and I'm here to help you get your life together. Every week, we have a bunch of questions about our topic of the week. I'm going to pick my fave, and then we'll chat about it. I'll give some advice. I'm not an expert, so if you don't like my stuff, I don't care. Take someone else's advice. This week's question comes from Madeline from Santa Cruz. She says, I'm the only black person on my team at work at an office that is mostly filled with straight white men. Every single time we have a project that's specific to black people, my coworkers come to me with questions. Sometimes it makes sense, but most of the time I just feel like a token. Also, I don't know everything about everyone's black experience. How do I talk to my coworkers and tell them it isn't okay to put me in this box? All right, well, this may come as a surprise to absolutely no one, but I am most unfortunately a grown white man, very white, extra white. And even more unfortunately, I have definitely used to be that white person who would ask one of the non-white people in the office questions about non-white people stuff. I learned my lesson. Okay. Fortunately for everybody involved, it's gotten better. Uh, you know, it's not any black person's job to teach a white person nothing about nothing. Okay. Read an book. Read an essay. Google that shit. My suggestion even though it can be uncomfortable and, and awkward, is chat with your manager, your boss, whoever it is that is sort of like in charge and say, you know, I this is happening to me. I'm not comfortable being placed in the, this kind of box all the time. That's not what I'm here for. Also, I'm a fan of a good old-fashioned passive-aggressive approach, okay? Maybe a well-placed stack of books on your desk to send a message. Maybe maybe one of these days you pick up that book and throw it at them. And yeah, if the passive-aggressive approach doesn't work, then throw that book at someone's face. <laughs> so I hope that helped. If not, sorry, I told you. I'm I'm an unfortunate white man, and this was not the thing that I am an expert on, but I did my best, so please forgive me. I'm Matt Bellisai, and you can catch me on my podcast, Unhappy Hour, every week. Comes out on Tuesday. That's my advice. Bye.
Jenny, that's a wrap on the season. What? Season one. We're done. We did it. Okay, I want to ask you, while we're wrapping up a truly magical season, what has been your favorite moment from season one? I have mine. (gasps) Favorite moment from season one? Favorite moment. I have to say it was when... um, Ashley C. Ford blew my mind about dignity and money. Literally, that's exactly what I was going to say. Wait, really? (laughs) Yes. I mean, I truly disassociated during that interview. (laughs) Like, It truly was so magnificent. If you haven't heard it, please go back to episode three. All of our episodes are absolute, like, bangers, but that was the one that I truly (laughs) left my body. Wow, that's so amazing that we both thought that that was, like, a real standout moment. We both, like, blacked out during that moment. That was, like, so much for me. (laughs) But there's been so many. Like, I love talking to Maya Mitchell. I loved talking to, like, Mm. Tracy Clayton. She's just, like, such a little delight, a little ball of energy. Yeah. Like, everybody we interviewed this season was just so cool, and I feel like I learned so much from them and related to them so much and it was just a wild experience. Well what I really loved on a personal note Here is getting to know you. Jenny! Because you're amazing! No, oh my you're god amazing. you're gonna make me cry. You're Jenny's gonna cry for the fourth <laughs> time are you, on this podcast. Are you are you are you keeping track? Hold I'm up. keeping track of how many times you cry. Listen I cry at the drop of a hat because I'm a Scorpio. That. Yeah. You know I'm a repressed immigrant. Listen mm-hmm. I get the it. tears need to flow now. Listen, and I and there are tears left to cry, and I support you. <laughs> because, April, you're amazing. Oh, my God. Jenny, you're incredible. And this was, like, we got, like, we got a job to, like, get to know each other. Absolutely. Which is, like, this is, like, literally my dream. My, me, too. I would not pick a better person to go through this with. Honestly, it's been the best. And she's going to cry for a fourth time. <laughs> it's been incredible. I, I wouldn't change a thing, truly. Yeah. So thank you again for being with us all season long. And don't forget to stay in touch with us. You can share your thoughts about the show on social media with the hashtag a little forward. We'll be on there. We will be on there. And as you know, every week we give a little insider code for those of you who make it through the credits. So tweet us your answer to our weekly question with the hashtag a little forward. And we'll be checking all throughout the upcoming weeks. We can't wait to hear what you say. So Jenny, tell us our final question. What is the question this week? All right. This week, our question is, who is your favorite TV character that was the only one? Right? Yes. Shout them out with the hashtag a little forward. I'll tell you mine right now. Yeah. Angela from Boy Meets World. <gasps> only black character on that show. And she was incredible. Shout out to Angela, honestly. I mean, I, I really like Claudia Kishi. Who's from that? Babysitter's Club. Oh, wow. That's a throwback. That is a throwback, but I do remember that. Claudia Kishi, she was, you know, into fashion, artistic. Yes. Oh Japanese American. Yes. Oh, my God. Share your favorites. There's There's been so many because Hollywood has some issues with diversity. <laughs> so share our, your favorite uh, only one character and we can't wait to see. And then while you're posting, you might as well follow us on Twitter. Keep in touch, right? You can follow Freeform on Twitter at Freeform TV. And then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm April K. Quio, So that's Q-U-I-O-H. And I'm at Jenny Yang TV. That's J-E-N-N-Y-Y-A-N-G TV. And, uh, you know, we're always on there. So let's, just because the season ended doesn't mean you can't still keep chatting with us. Right? Absolutely. So uh, let's, let's stay in touch on Twitter. And tell your friends about the show. Listen, in this binge culture that we live in, why not take the whole dang season, share it with your friends, and say, get your life, listen to a little forward make sure to rate and stay subscribed to a little forward on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your podcasts you never know we might you know maybe pop back up with a little surprise for you 
Who knows? Yeah. Tune in. The show is a collaboration between Freeform and Pineapple Street Media, executive produced by Sasha Kai Parker, Kasime Bernard, Maddie Spronkaiser, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and Max Linsky, produced by Agarenesh Ashagre and Josh Gwynn, with editing help from Jess Jupiter. This obviously is a dream team. I can't believe we got like the most professional, talented group uh, to really like make this a reality. So thank you all so much for writing with us and our music. We love our squad. And yes, our music is by Brandon Cadell. And that's it. That's our show. That's our season. We love you all. And remember, read an book, read an essay, Google that shit. Bye. Bye.